Welcome to the Christine Means Business Podcast. My name is Christine Hansen and I'm a business consultant helping entrepreneurs to scale their business without working more through wonderful team management, leadership and strategy. Together with fellow experts or my own, this podcast is designed to share the most actionable tips, pieces of wisdom and anecdotes that will help you to avoid any mistakes that will cost you time or money to grow your business. It is my absolute joy to share that knowledge with you to help you for your ultimate success. You will get a new episode every two weeks and there's loads of free materials on my website christinemeansbusiness.com. So go ahead and check that out and I'm looking forward to hear your feedback and please don't forget to give us a couple of stars if you enjoy what you've been hearing on your podcasting platforms. And without further ado, let's start the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this brand new episode of Christine Means Business. And this week, it's one of my faves because I have a guest with me. And you know that I always get excited when I get to talk to people, especially during these times. And it's a little bit of a different episode, but I do think that it is a desperately needed one for a lot of you out there because we're going to talk about sales today. And so my guest today is... Jazz Takar. He is a Toronto native and he has been in the sales and service industry for over 25 years. So he does know what he's talking about. Soon after deciding to try his hand in real estate, he co-founded the RAC and REC, excuse me, and in the course of 15 years has successfully propelled his team to the first place in Canada under Royal Lepage. How he also did 39 million in sales during the COVID-19 crisis. So this was a couple of weeks ago. I don't, I have no idea what the number is right now, but even that is damn impressive. Now you might be wondering, okay, I'm listening to Christine's podcast because she talks about business. I'm a coach. I have an offline business that I want to take online. Why is she talking to someone who might be pretty well known for selling real estate. It's so different. And we do talk a lot about this. You know, we do talk a lot about selling the invisible. Um, but in the end, you also know that I'm a huge fanatic about numbers, you know, knowing your numbers, feeling comfortable with your numbers, and most of all, feeling comfortable with serving others. And that's what we're going to talk about today, because you might think that the gap between selling real estate and selling health or selling personal development is huge, but in the end, it's not. It's all in your head. <laughs> and so I cannot wait just to talk to you. And we're going to do, I'm trying, we're going to try to do two things. We're really going to try to help you, you guys out there understand or see your blind spots that you might have. And we're also going to get practical because I cannot wait to pick this genius's brain on what some of the subtle tweaks he uses in order to close those deals. And I'm sure we can all benefit from that. So Jazz, welcome so much to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Christina. Um, look, I produce about 20 pieces of content daily on all the platforms. And so I know how hard it is um, not only to produce content, but uh, to, to put yourself out there. Um, I, I, I'm really um, on this on this rant lately with my content to push people to get get out there and start speaking 
to the world um, because I think the world deserves to see everyone's uniqueness. And in a funny way, it's actually very selfish of people by not putting themselves out there because imagine if Beyonce didn't, imagine if LeBron James didn't or David Beckham didn't. Like imagine we weren't able to see people's uniqueness. We, we, we wouldn't have, have heroes to look up to. And so kudos to you for, for, for consistently putting out podcast episodes, getting great guests, probably like not me, not including you. Of course you. you. (laughs) I congratulate myself. Like I'm amazing for having you on. (laughs) Just a big, big shout out to you and to anybody who's watching or listening. Like this girl's putting in the work. She's putting in the work. She's putting in the grind, like share these episodes, get out the word about Christine's podcast because it's such a pleasure, not only to see that smile on your face, but the passion. I mean, we're not next to each other live, obviously, but I can feel the passion come out of this, out of this Zoom meeting. And so, uh, again, a big, big congratulations to you. Well, thank you. I do accept. <laughs> not so humbly, you know, my humbleness, that's something that went out of the window a long time ago. But <laughs> I do accept because I do agree. It is important, you know, to stay consistent. And I appreciate all the time to my clients, you know, to put yourself out there if you choose to do, to have an online business. And I think that's like a complete different episode, but at some point, you know, you do need to consider whether you actually want to do that, you know, whether you actually do want to put yourself out there because ultimately what we all want to do, whether it is to help people or very genuinely, whether it is to make money, because I have to be honest, that's why I got into business. I saw a niche. I wanted to make money. I knew that this could work. And so I'm a little bit different from the, I want to help everyone, but it doesn't matter. Whatever the reason is, especially in this digital world, if you want to make a living, if you don't want to you know, struggle yourself, you do ultimately need to exchange your knowledge, your wisdom, your product, your whatever you have to offer versus money. Now, I know... And sorry, Christine, I don't think there's anything wrong with somebody who wants to help people and make money. Exactly. Since when is there something wrong with that? Are you doing it ethically? Now, that's a different conversation, right? But, but, But if you get into this business, in any business where you want to help people and make money. I mean, I think that's an amazing, that's a blessing. In fact, that's what I'm so grateful for. For 25 years, every industry that I got into, I was so grateful in in, in real estate for the last 15 years, specifically out of those 15 years, the last eight years, I've been helping really like and focusing my business on, on investors. And so now I'm in a position where I get to make friends I help them create wealth in a, in a vehicle that I'm also doing it myself. So I'm not just speaking about it. I'm actually doing it and I make money. So essentially I get to make money for making friends. Like that is so cool. I'm so blessed to do it. So grateful. I wake up every morning and tell myself like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And so for anybody who's watching or listening, don't feel guilty that you want to make money. Making money is a great thing. I mean, at the end of the day, as I mentioned earlier, I just hope you're doing it ethically and you're not robbing people or, 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 or taking people for a ride by any means, right? But if you're waking up and, and, and what you want to do is make money, look, that's the way you're going to be able to hopefully get some freedom and not in, you're not living in that rat race or, or you're not like, it's going to be the vehicle for you to protect and put this financial wall around your family. I think those are all amazing things. 
you need to start with not feeling guilty, in my opinion, and just get started. And producing content and speaking to the world, I think that is, it really is essentially the gateway drug. For me, it's been the gateway to open up so many doors. Like I'm talking to Christine right now, like that is so cool. Like I was never able to do this five years ago, three years ago, till I started producing content. Now, I think a lot of people think that you have to do video. It's a great place to start because you, if you do video, you can, you can then repurpose a lot of your content. But if you just like speak to the world, what you're naturally good at. So for example, I mean, we were talking off air. I'm in the process of writing a personal development book and, and, and essentially get help people get out of their own way, like in here, because it's all about mindset. But Christine, I can't write a sentence if my life depended on it, right? And so <laughs> I get that. I this dream, I'm 38 years old. The first book I probably ever, ever read outside of school was like 18, 19 years old. And I was hooked. I was like, wow, like that book and, 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 and so many others changed my life and the, and the trajectory and the direction of my life. And I said, I want to give back to people in, through that medium, but I can't write a book. So what did I do? I got a ghostwriter. Like, here's all my thoughts. Here's everything I got to say. Um, you put the sentences together because sometimes I have a problem with your, like Y-O-U-R, with apostrophe, not a problem. You know what I'm saying? So, but naturally, obviously yourself, Christine, and, and, and I think the viewers can tell, like you and I are, like we're kind of naturally okay with video. In fact, I like cameras. There's a few around me right now, even while we're talking. But that naturally came, like I was okay with that. And so if you're watching right now and you're just like, I cannot do video, it's okay. It's not the only way that people consume content. I mean, the uprise in podcasts alone has, has been so significant. There's 150 million users on a website called medium.com, which showcases that obviously people still like to read. I mean, the, 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 the books, uh, Amazons and all that. I mean, they're still selling books. And then there's other ways that we forget too. Like if you're a great photographer, well, there's a way you can speak to the world with taking pictures. If you're a great drawer, like I still do, I still draw stick men and stick women and I'm not good with that. However, that's another way, you know, like Walt Disney, when he started, he decided to speak to the world with drawing a mouse, you know? Yeah. And so, and so there is ways that you can speak to the world, but if you don't, especially if you're listening to this podcast, if you're not speaking to the world, you're going to be left behind. You have to figure out a way to speak to the world, get your message across, be very authentic is my number one tip. Be yourself and watch how many doors open up for you. Totally. So let me ask you a question. Obviously you have, you know, you've been in your career for 25 years. It's going really well. Um, but I know that when people hear that very often, they can be intimidated in terms of, well, you know, he has millions of listeners. He's doing all of that money, but has, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but I'd love to hear from you how you got there. Cause I have never met anyone who just from the beginning or very rarely was knew exactly, you know, what his purpose or message was if they had one. And sometimes I also want to say, you don't need to have a message kind of purpose. Like sometimes, you know, we think we need this huge life-changing mantra. We don't. Anything you say that will help others is totally fine. But saying, you know, this, in, this inner confidence 
how did you get, you know, from wherever you started to where you are now, you know, speaking with confidence, publishing with confidence. Um, and also, you know, if we get back to the root of this episode to selling with confidence and you were completely right, there shouldn't be any guilt, but I'm interested whether you always thought that, whether that was something you grew up with family wise or whether it took you a learning curve to actually get there. Well, from a confidence perspective, I think, I think experience will always breed self-confidence. And so to answer your question, how did I get there? I just, I'm still in the process. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm still on this journey. Um, There is no destination. There's not, I want to make $10 billion and then I'm done. Like there is no destination for me personally. I, I'm, I'm having so much fun in the process and, and, and in the journey of really exploring the web, right? And I mean the web in here, like exploring what I'm capable of doing. How much can I give back to the, to the squad around me? I mean, I truly am standing on the shoulders of giants with the team around me. These guys and gals make me look very good they, they they challenge me on a regular basis because they're all have their own little intricacies that and things that i need to reverse engineer but as a child i think what happens with kids is is at a very young age like i have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old now and they're the best sales people on, on, <laughs> on the planet you know what i mean like they're so resilient they don't take no for an answer where i think for some people that stops at a certain age like, yeah. I don't know if it's 11, at 12, if it's somebody at the school system, if it's their friends, if it's their family, maybe their parents. I don't know. For me, it just never really stopped, Christine. I always <laughs> wanted to continue to sell. What did you start with? What was your What did you start selling? Look, I, I, you know, I'll go back. And when I was six, maybe seven years old, I had my hand up right away in class to help with selling Christmas ornaments. Like, I don't even celebrate Christmas, really. Right? <laughs> not but it was like, oh, I get to knock on doors and not be in the class and do like something cool and different. And then when the teacher asked for help and, and volunteers with, with, with uh, the book sale that was happening, I would put up my hand. Then around 12 years old, it shifted because that's when I got my first paper rep. And so now I kind of had a little bit more freedom, right? My parents allowed me to get a paper route and they never said I had to give them the money. They were like, you do what you want with the money. At that age, it was all about playing arcades for me. But I liked that I had my own little thing. It was almost like my own little business, right? Where so much so that I also noticed that other kids, my, my buddies that I used to hang around with, they were scared to even ask for a paper route. They didn't want to make the phone call. They didn't know... They were, they, they didn't have the confidence. And so what I started doing is getting more paper routes and kind of brokering them out to my friends, right? That's I would hilarious. Take the they would do the paper route. And then it just, it just snowballed, right? I went into in grade 12. I had, uh, um, there was a business class. And so there wasn't many classes that I sat through definitely for the full year. I was one of the kids that, teacher, can I go to the bathroom and not come back? Like that was yeah. kind of who I was. But that business class stuck with me till this day because they offered a, a, a co-op program, which allows you to work at a store while you're, and, and that's kind of the whole class, like the whole year. And I went into a retail store um, and, and they offered me a part-time and full-time job. And I tell you that because I started to get really good at it, but I was selling shoes and I just loved how people came in and I was able to help them through making a decision. Like I always, 
I, I, I still get goosebumps talking about it because it was something that I could tell that I was good at. And that's how, how do you do that though? I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is yeah. a huge <laughs> point. I was helping them to make a decision. That's what we all want to do in here, right? So do you, yeah. it somehow comes intuitively, but if you had to break it down, what do you think did you do in order to well, help make that decision? I've always, I've like, here it is, right? Here's the magic sauce. <laughs> I've always made it easy for people to make that decision. So what do I mean by that? Like, instead of being, um, so for example, I don't uh, uh, over promise and under deliver. Okay, so I always say to people, I need five days to turn that around. Knowing in my head, it's going to take me a day to two days. So I'm always looking for wows. I want people to say, wow, you got back to me so quickly. There's a sign behind me here. I don't know if you can see it, Christine. It says removing friction. Yeah. And the reason that signs there is because I'm always trying to find out how can I make it easy for people to buy and not be a salesperson. And so you have to find in whatever business you're in to do that. So for in real estate now, in real estate, what I do differently, I think, than the rest of the marketplace is I give away all the information up front. So all my trade secrets, all the ways to create wealth, even I go right down. So I have a team of 35 real estate agents, okay? And then I have 10 support staff. But what we all do really well here is we teach people how to buy their own home, sell their own home, and how to invest into real estate themselves. The rest of the marketplace looks at us like we're on crack. They're like, what are you doing? Like, you, you're supposed to charge people for that. So, but what I decided to do is no, inform inform the marketplace to the best of your ability. Let them make an educated decision. I also know in, in, in our country here in Canada, only 2% of people ever sell their own home. So why is everybody worried about the 2%? Worry about the, like focus, not even worry, focus on the 98% yeah. of people that always use the service of a real estate agent. And so what I've done is I teach them how to sell their own home, knowing that they're never going to sell their own home. <laughs> For example, if you're a mechanic, Okay. And I'm peeling back my curtains, my, my, my business, my, the, I'm peeling back the curtains on my business development where if you're, for example, a car mechanic and, and you want more business, if you were the one, and this is why it's coming back full circle to producing content. If you taught me how to change my oil, own oil in my car, you're the one who I'm going to think about when I need an oil change. I will never change my own oil. In fact, T minus like three weeks ago, there was a, four weeks ago, I had a problem with my car and it was, it's a two year old car. So it's, it's pretty new. But as I took it to the dealership, they took a, like eight days to, to figure out what the problem was. I told them, I go, leave it there. Get me a new car. I don't want the problem anymore. Right. So what, what I'm trying to uh, articulate to somebody is in that example of being a car mechanic, I, I want that person to be the top of mind, be the authority. I will never change my own oil. I would rather leave it on the freeway and just leave my car there and go to the dealership and buy another one. There's probably another like billion people like myself, right? And so okay. if whatever your business you're in, give away your top, top advice, your top strategies. It, it, you have to live and be in a place of an abundance mentality. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, absolutely. And that's what I think 
a lot of us or a lot of people who are listening are feeling uncomfortable right now because they are obviously taking your words and adapting them to their situation, whatever their situation sure. is. And they're like, okay, he's saying this, but I am literally, I'm scared to give away my best material. And here's the train of thought that I think most people have. And you already alluded to this is that if I give my best stuff away, why would they still pay me? And it's the same thing that I preach all of the time. Give away your best stuff because in the end, even if they know they do not pay you for that, they pay you to do it for them or to hold them accountable or because they want more guidance. And that's why your price point is also going up because they know what they need to do. We all know. I mean, a lot of us are working in health or in, you know, stress resilience, stress management. We all know about meditation. We all know about healthy diet. Do we do it? Most likely not, you know. So, and if we really truly want to, we also know that our, you know, little gremlin inside is probably going to get the better of us. So we will pay someone to hold us accountable. So that is where your price point is basically going up because people are full well aware of what they are getting because they've already looked into it and you basically already told them, but they need, they really want that specific bespoke guidance and those are your clients. And it's also what you're saying is this abundance mindset. And I have to say, I had no clue what that was until my second or third year in business because mm -hmm. in the beginning, what we as newbies do is you Google how to get a website, you Google how to do marketing, you Google how to, or you buy some DIY programs on the perfect webinar formula. But what nobody's telling you is that the true power of selling and of being aligned and in integrity with that comes from within and it is personal development because most of us do grow up in a mindset where selling is something sleazy, where money is still negative, you know, and we don't feel at home or at ease with it. So it is in a work, which is fantastic because that's what's something that you're writing about now. So I just thought it's, it's really important to just, because some of you guys listening will not have heard about it yet because you are in the beginning of your stage of, of your business. So this is really an amazing shortcut for you because we will tell you this is where it's at. A hundred percent, Christine. Like the, the, once that shift was made in my head and, and, and um, you know, I've won the lottery in so many different ways and I don't mean the like 649 or Moneyball or whatever those things are. In fact, I've never played the lottery, but I won it, you know, the day my parents came to uh, Canada. In my opinion, um, it, it's one of the most multicultural countries in the world and there's a lot of opportunity uh, for immigrants as well. And so I was born in, in the city of Toronto, um, which for me um, really just put me a step ahead of you know, 80% of the world, right? And so in that sense, I won the lottery. I also won the lottery that I always was kind of born with that abundance mentality where, where like, there's enough pie for everyone. And if for some reason we run out, we'll go bake more pies. Like, <laughs> we will figure it out. Where I think a lot of people have trouble when is understanding that, see, when you have a scarcity mentality, like will always attract like. And so if you're always thinking in scarcity, okay, let me give you an example. Like there's not enough business to go, to go around. There's not enough clients that I'm getting. I'm not making enough money. Or here's another one. I just need enough money to pay my bills. Yes, okay? big one. So guess what happens? Majority of people who are watching and listening right now, you've always figured out a way to pay your bills. You might've been a little late. 
but you probably figured out if you're listening to this podcast i have a feeling you're in a place at home in your car that you probably paid your bills you might have been a little late because that's what you've been focusing on your brain way before google came out we have a, a ras a reticular activator system in our brain that looks for what you think about so because you're thinking about the fact that you don't have a lot of clients you don't have a lot of business you're not making enough money or you want to pay your bills that's what you get in your life it truly is just a slight mindset shift when you think about wow i have so much business i have so much business coming my way i don't know how to deal with it now what starts to happen your brain starts to find ways to bring more business to you you might be listening and watching and thinking well jazz i i i i i've tried that it doesn't work what you tried for six days you want to make a million dollars a year ten million dollars <laughs> a year and you tried something for six days and you gave up sorry that's like going to the gym for two two weeks and then yeah. looking in the mirror and saying, where are you muscles they'll look at you and be like what are you new to this i know exactly if you go plant a tree in your backyard and go out next week and act like and, and, and try to find where this tree is it's also going to look at you and say what are you new to this i need sun i need water and most importantly i need time exactly so consistently do it and it's not just look i don't look one of my favorite books is the secret um i actually had a couple of of of, of the the people on my podcast from it and like the one thing that I think they didn't do well in that book, in that documentary is show people that you need to actually work, right? Like you can't just sit there and think about certain things. You need to actually put the feelings, the feelings that you feel towards it is what truly changes the vibration in the universe to bring you what you're looking for. I agree. And there's actually a step. I actually go a step further with my clients mm -hmm. Because um, this is an amazing book and it's by Margaret Lynch and it's called Tapping into Wealth. And it's combined with EFT therapy. So tapping therapy. It's basically where you tap on different meridians to help you clean out any blocks that you have. And the purpose of the book is that it is absolutely in alignment with, you know, whatever you think if you feel it, you know, if you quantum physics basically you will attract or you will just make your reality come true but you do need to be aware of the blind spots that you have meaning of money saboteurs for example so for example you might know what you want but you might have subconscious beliefs that will still sabotage you so you might want to think i want to make x amount of money i want to have abundance but you have a little gremlin in your subconscious that's actually manipulating you so that subconsciously you're still blocking yourself. And the book is guiding you through 12, I believe, typical scenarios that we block ourselves, which can be uh, money trauma, which might mm. be an incident where you invested, where you were like, I trust this person or this whatever it is, and I, I'm all in and it went wrong. It could have been um, your past, obviously. It could be in, you know, programming, lots of different things. And I love the book so much. And I recommend it to everyone that I talk to, Tapping Into Wealth by Margaret Lynch. Um, it's the best 10 bucks I ever spent because I got the hard copy, obviously. <laughs> and uh, it's just, it will help you to find those hidden blocks to make that abundant thinking actually be real.
Otherwise, I, you might be hitting your your head against the wall over and over again. Look, I mean, I mean, just ju just the small act of complaining will change the shift in the vibration because you're complaining. Um, look, I, I I hear it a lot. Uh, people saying I can't afford that. Well, right away now you've set the vibration in motion to mm -hmm. show you that you can afford it. What if you just said I can afford it? It's not I'm not ready for it right now. Or exactly. I can afford it. I just have it hasn't come to me right now. A lot of people spend so much time on the how. Like how am I going to afford it? How am I going to get a team? How am I going to create more business? The how is not even actually your job. No. It's what do you want and why do you want it? Because the yeah. what and the why are in your control. The how will always appear. It Agreed. always has and it always continuously will because the universe, its job is to give to you. You just need to be prepared for it and be ready for it. And so small, as I mentioned, like small things like complaining, it, most of the time we complain to the wrong person. Complain yeah. to our coworkers about our our spouses, and we complain to our spouses about our our coworkers. I mean, the, the the act of complaining needs to stop, in my opinion, because you're already shifting the universe in the wrong direction. Focus on yourself. You know, it's so hard. Like so many people in my business here, I hear when I walk through the halls, like they're comparing themselves to other real estate agents. They're comparing themselves to other content creators. Like, spend that time on putting in the work. Like. Get back that time that you're, you're giving out in the universe in a negative way when you're comparing. I don't have as much. I need more. And, 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 and focus that and hone in on yourself. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. I think that this is the baseline. And people might not expect this. You know, they might just expect hardcore sales lines or whatever. But this is the underlying current that needs to be in place in order to succeed in whatever level you are. However, <laughs> I do like myself a little bit of practical advice too. So you already provided us with this amazing wisdom, you know, of actually giving away your most prized possession as in intellectual ideas or mm -hmm. processes or whatever, what have you. What is one more thing? And that's when I, that's the last thing I'm going to ask you for today. But what is one more thing where you think, you know, this is something that doesn't matter what you're selling, but this is a little thing I do that I find really, again, helps this person to make the right decision, which hopefully is obviously to work with you or to buy from you. Following up. It is... Uh, um, yeah, it makes me cringe, but it's so true. <laughs> I have a feeling the lack of following up makes you cringe. Um, but yeah, <laughs> of myself, like, like totally, total guilt here. <laughs> um, the average person, um, when, when, when you're talking real estate, but I can take it down to really any decision, um, needs to be followed up anywhere from 17 to 22 times. That's oh a realistic national statistic. Okay. So, which means if that, if let's just use 17 as the, as the baseline number in real estate, a purchaser or a seller needs to be followed up on an average 17 times. That's by phone, email, text, video, whatever it is, right? But all the mediums that you can follow up with somebody, which also means that it might take 34 times for you to follow up with them. You might get lucky the first time you come in communication with them that they buy or sell or invest with you. But on average, it's 17 times. I have come across so many salespeople in all the different industries. And I think English is like they're, 
maybe their third language. You know, sometimes it's their fourth language, but they're so successful. Why? Because they consistently, and they're very persistent at it, they consistently follow up. I do business with some of those people. Why? Because I'm just like, damn, dude, stop calling me, but here's my business. Like, you're so persistent. I want to give you the business. But more importantly, for somebody who's watching or listening, you need to always follow up with your clients. Now, and I don't mean that in an annoying way, but something tactical that I do is I say, Christine, is it okay? I mean, are you ready to do business now? And if you say no, no problem. Is it okay? Because I want to add like a, 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 a sidebar out of role play. I want to make sure I get permission from Christine that, to follow up. And so what I'm going to say is, Christine, is it okay if I follow up with you in six months? And if you say yes, great. Permission has been granted. Now, what I do is, is I cut that any time that the client gives six months, a year, three months, three days, I cut it in half. So if they say, yes, follow up with me in six months, I'm going to call in three months and say, Christine, are you still, um, are, are we still on track for, for, for three months from now? I just wanted to, to double check. And the reason I do that, because I've, I've learned the hard way where I call at that six month period and Christine's like, oh my God, Jazz, I can't tell you, two weeks ago, I just bought a house. I, yeah. to, I couldn't find your contact info. That happened to me twice. I said, never again. So what I decided to do is just cut that time in half, whatever, whatever time was uh, 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 granted to me to follow up. And so if you can just be consistent with following up, you're going to do so much business because it's a numbers game. In it sales. is. It is. It's just a numbers game, right? So you have to consistently follow up. That's where I see most sales people drop the ball. They get lazy. I, I, like, I don't know any other word for it. Um, I don't want to try to be nice about it because I really want somebody who's watching and just one person who's watching or listening to, to, to make a massive shift in their business just by following up, you will, you will earn so much more money because you're just, you're the one who follows up where most people, most salespeople, they don't follow up more than three times. Like three times is the most that they're going to follow up. And so the majority of sales are done after 12 to 15. I said 17 in real estate, but in any industry, you need 12 to 15 sales. Like the bigger the ticket price item, if you're selling something, if you're selling a program for it, $10,000. Well, you're not, you might not get them on day one. You might take eight to 10 follow-ups. Are you going to be the one who gave up? Are you the one who's going to continuously follow up? I agree. And nowadays it's not that hard to keep track. I mean, obviously you can go old school and you can write it down, but something I would suggest if you, if you say have, you have a sales call today is that literally if they say, I'm not sure yet, you, you literally schedule your follow-up in your Google calendar straight away. I actually, it's not done, but I am going to, I use Dubsado, which is a CRM, which will do this automatically for you. You know, literally just tagging them follow-up and there will be an yeah. email going out automatically, you know, so you can do whatever you want to. You can do it more personally, just do a Google note in your calendar and send a voice memo, whatever you want to do. But I do think that I heard this over and over and over and I know it's true. Because whenever I do it, <laughs> it works. But I'm one of those lazy bums as well. I don't nearly follow up enough. But it's funny you said that because today I did follow up with someone. So let's see what will come of it. <laughs> but I do think, yes, it's, 
it just becomes a habit over time. And so for myself, okay. I have 10,000 people, a little under 10,000, I think it's like 9,000, uh, um, 800 and change people that are in my uh, uh, community that needed to be followed up on. So I can't do that by myself. Um, I have uh, salespeople, but they're on the road. And so I have hired. Oh, hang on. Something happened with your sound there. This happens at the end of every podcast. What's happening? Oh, does it? This is happening a lot. This is the third time somebody told me this right at the end. At the 35 minute, 40 minute mark. I can't hear you very well. Like your professional mic has somehow cut out, but all right. Well, let's, I mean, this has been an amazing conversation. So maybe this is a sign from above, you know, it's just like, okay, let's wrap it up. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's like, stop talking. No, I'm kidding. This was, delightful and i mean i'm so honored that i was able today to introduce you to my audience i really hope someone learns from it i know that people are watching and listening to this and some are reading the blog where we have the notes on this so please everyone do head over to the blog because i have the link to um jazz's website as well you can follow him on instagram there's also um a free gift so you will be able to access that through the website as well so do go and check it out um and jazz thank you so much for taking the time of your day to have this conversation with me it's been phenomenal Thank you so much for having me, Christine. It's much, much appreciated. Thank you very much. Take care and greetings to Canada. Bye. All right, and here is what I usually forget at the end of every episode. So first off, thank you so much for listening and taking the time to tune in. We really, really, really appreciate it. Now, don't forget that I've written a book with everything you need to know about growing and building a business online. It's called We Mean Business, the practical guide for creative entrepreneurs, coaches, and small businesses to build your brand and grow your business online. You can find it on Amazon, but also in other online bookstores and on my website. Also, please make sure that if you want to stalk me, you follow me on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube or Twitter or Pinterest or TikTok. And if there was anything in this episode that you learned, that you found entertaining, that made you giggle, then I would be over the moon if you'd left us a five-star rating. These ratings go a long way for more people to tune in and make sure that you follow the podcast as well to share the love and to have more people find it. Thank you so much and we'll see you in two weeks time for a new episode.